Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Vicki Connor. Together, we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, we are heading up to Washington to chat about my trip to Bellingham, followed by my very first snowshoeing experience on Mount Baker a few weeks ago. Vicki, I'm super excited to hear about all of this, because this is an area in Washington, sort of like the, the far northern end of Western Washington. Uh, I have not spent really any time in. Um, I've seen Mount Baker from afar, not gone up on it. Bellingham, I think I went to once as a teenager, but I don't really remember a lot about it. So I'm super excited to learn some new information about this little corner of the Northwest. Yeah, uh, going off of that, this was kind of my first trip this far north. You know, it's so far north. It's like super close to the Canadian border. Um, And so I hadn't ventured up quite that far yet, really. The furthest north I had been is kind of like Seattle, basically. So uh, going up there, exploring new territory uh, was something that I wanted to do for a while. And um, my friend Sydney, who I've mentioned many times on this podcast, she's kind of like my adventure partner. Um, A few weeks ago was her birthday. So we decided we wanted to do something fun, uh, get out of the city, do something outdoors. And we decided on snowshoeing and kind of exploring the places on the way up. Well, happy birthday to Sydney. Um, <laughs> how how did you all settle on that particular region? What what drove you up there? Uh, I think specifically Sydney wanted to check out Mount Baker, and since um, neither her nor I nor her roommate had really been up that way, um, it's something that she wanted to do. I kind of let her take the reins on this and planning her own birthday trip, but I think she also found this specific trail for snowshoeing on Mount Baker, and the views were supposedly really great, so she was like, all right, let's do this. She... um, Um, And her roommate hadn't really done a lot of snowshoeing either, weren't that experienced in it. And um, the trail she chose was not, you know, miles on miles on miles. It was something a little accessible. So that is how we decided to go up there. Amazing. Okay, well, so take us uh, to the start of this trip here. You, you, I assume, drove up to Bellingham? 
Uh, yeah. So basically Friday night after work, I drove up to Seattle to meet her and her roommate stayed the night there. And then we got an early start Saturday morning driving from Seattle to Bellingham. Um, and that trip really is a lot shorter than I expected. I, for some reason I thought it was going to be like over two hours, but it was an hour and a half and it really wasn't bad at all. Um, so we got to Bellingham and the first thing we did was exploring like the old downtown historic Fairhaven, um, which has some really cool downtown shops, um, really nice plant shops, um, kind of just cool shopping to browse window shop. And uh, they had like a chocolate festival going on, which was really cool to walk into. (laughs) Good timing. Um, I know, I know. Well, bad timing because you could only do it if you signed up ahead of time and we didn't know what was going on. (laughs) (laughs) So we got there and we're like, well, damn, maybe next year. (laughs) (laughs) I think Um, that's like one of my favorite things to do in these small towns when you get to them, walk around the downtown area get the vibe of the place, check out the shops. So like, what was the vibe of Bellingham when you were there? So, well, Fairhaven specifically was kind of different from like the downtown area of Bellingham. So Fairhaven was kind of like, you know, had an older, slower feel to it. Um, It felt a lot more historic. And, you know, it wasn't quite as busy as like downtown Bellingham. Um, Bellingham, once we got down to the downtown part, uh, saw saw a lot more college students there from the university nearby. Um, It had, you know, coffee shops and kind of like a mix of quirky shops. You know, I had heard a lot of things going into this trip about like, oh, Bellingham has this really cool vibe of like outdoorsiness and college kids and just like quirky cool stuff um but it was interesting like i definitely got that like college town vibe and um just very interesting stores uh can't quite compare it to portland um i don't know do you remember a lot when you went to bellingham no i remember nothing um, okay. So I'm I'm relying solely on this account to get to paint my <laughs> image of Bellingham. <laughs> well, so you talked oh. about some shops. Or were there mm-hmm. were there some places to eat? Where where did you go to eat there? Okay, yes, and I will talk about this place for the rest of time. It was so good. Um, we got Russian dumplings at a place called Ooh. Pelmeni Restaurant, and apparently it's open till like the middle of the night it's kind of one of those uh places for college kids to go after a night out and all they have on their menu are these dumplings and i had not had russian dumplings before but um they had your choice of um meat dumplings or potato or you could get a combination of both they were so good like tender just had some spices on top and like some sour cream to dip them in and you know going into a place that only has like two things on the menu you're like all right well i'm guessing it's going to be really good if this is all they have and it was so yummy (laughs) oh my god that's such a a crucial find a late night place too that's like so nice to have yeah yeah um we also stopped in a place called accomplice which was kind of fancy new age burger joint uh that had a fun little vibe to it and um you know they had things like 
bone marrow, like truffle fries and kind of just like <laughs> fancier burgers and fries than your normal that you would run into. Um, so that place was pretty good too, but um, really enjoyed Mallard ice cream. That They had homemade ice cream there. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> but one place that was kind of like just south of Bellingham that we ran out of time I wanted to visit um, was a place called Taylor Shellfish. And I know that there are multiple locations in Seattle, but this is like the one that's right on the water. Uh, you basically go for amazing views and like the freshest of the fresh seafood, uh, great oysters I've heard. So want to hit that up next time. It's always nice to have a place to go next time to bring you back into a town. Yeah. I always like to like leave little things undone so that I can like <laughs> that tempt me back another time, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Well, so you you have this this great day and evening and night in Bellingham. Is is it sort of like you're there for the night and the next day you're going off to Mount Baker? So we were there for a good part of Saturday during the day. Um, after we ate through Bellingham, um, there is a park in Bellingham called Whatcom Falls, which was really beautiful, really beautiful waterfalls and like light, very light hiking to, you know, walk off the food that you just ate. Um, nice, like long picturesque bridge um, and just walk around and explore a little bit. So that was most of our day on Saturday. And then from there, we took like a 45 minute drive to our Airbnb, which was in Deming, Washington. Basically, our Airbnb was like halfway between Bellingham and Mount Baker, where we wanted to snowshoe. Perfect. What was the Airbnb like? Airbnb was cool. It was like a little cabin in the woods, had a hot tub, like all the interior Oof. had like, it was just like wood everywhere, uh, had a nice little fireplace heater on the inside. Uh, and it was super lovely, two stories. And um, basically where we were for the Airbnb, it was just kind of raining all weekend. And so we were like, uh, I don't know, like, is it even cold enough to go snowshoeing? Like, will there be snow? Obviously, spoiler alert, there was a ton of snow. <laughs> but um, the Airbnb was was quite nice. Um, there was nothing really around, though. So we made sure to stock up on groceries and everything and Bellingham and then, uh, you know, brought all that to our Airbnb. That's perfect. You had me at hot tub with that Airbnb. Yeah, I feel like anytime <laughs> you're doing like snow related things, a hot tub is so key to a good time, a good weekend. Definitely. Wow. So, okay. So imagine you got a, a nice night relaxing this Airbnb. Um, yeah. How, how early even a start did you have to get the next morning? You know, we didn't have like a crack of dawn start. I think we we left like the Airbnb around 8, 8.30 and then got there, got to uh, Mount Baker a little after like 9.30. Um, and so basically we went to Mount Baker and the trail was right next to um, the ski lift. So as you like start this trail, you can see all the skiers and the snowboarders like coming down, which was pretty cool. And then the trail like diverged off. Is this like at a ski resort at Mount Baker? Yeah, so it's right next to Mount Baker ski area. So from our Airbnb, we took a long winding road up. And then by the time we got to the trailhead, it was absolutely dumping snow. Like it was <laughs> whiteout conditions. You could not see a thing. Um, so luckily, I brought all my like 
I don't even have snow gear. Like I am not <laughs> someone who is a skier or a snowboarder. And, you know, so I don't have a ton of gear. So basically I layered a bunch of like I, my puffy and then like my rain shell and the same thing with my bottoms. Um, and then I had like my hiking boots and then we rented snowshoes from REI. Um, and it was my first time like, you know, snowshoeing at all. So putting those on you know, pretty simple. And uh, then I had my hiking poles as well, my trekking poles. So you, you said you rented the snowshoes from REI. Like, was that an mm-hmm. easy process or how, how much did that cost? Yeah, it was super easy. Um, got them from REI for two days. I think it was like 23 bucks. And uh, we got them from the Seattle store, uh, the flagship store downtown. So from there, it was honestly, yeah, a very seamless process, super quick and easy. And um, if you don't have trekking poles, you can also get them there as well. Nice. Okay. Well, so you said that Sydney had picked a trail that wasn't too difficult. What? What? What's the? What's the name of the trail? Where are you? Where y'all going? Yeah, this is Upper Lodge to Artist Point. Um, It's about four miles and a thousand feet of elevation gain. And we had seen the pictures online. We're like, oh my gosh, these views are incredible. Like so picturesque at the top. So we're like, okay, this this is the one. We're going to do it. Make this first snowshoeing trip like really beautiful. Um, And so we start snowshoeing and like it begins out flat. And then we were like, hauling butt straight up (laughs) for a good bit. (laughs) And, um, you know, I think you, you kind of have to get used to the snowshoes kind of, cause like your heel comes up and then, you know, it, it just feels different obviously than hiking, um, whether you're hiking with or without snow, uh, just having these like huge things on your feet you kind of feel a little funny walking in them and um but like once you get in the groove i you know i didn't think it was that much harder than hiking in my opinion i feel like your body just kind of gets into the groove of walking you got the poles you got the snowshoes and i was thinking more like how am i going to make it up this big hill that i'm going on (laughs) how how was the snow as you were walking on it what was the, that condition like? You know, it really, I think I've done some like hiking in the snow just with micro spikes when I should have been wearing snowshoes. And so <laughs> I really liked the, the, the lack of like punching holes in the snow was really great. Um, so I think because I had that experience, I did dog mountain in the snow with just micro spikes on to a certain point where I couldn't even do it anymore because I needed snowshoes. But having that experience of like absolutely not enjoyable hiking in micro spikes in the snow compared to this, I was like, oh, this is so fun. This is so easy. Like, (laughs) this is a great time. Um, And because it was actively snowing, like it was just kind of powdery. Um, Nothing was too iced over. That's my understanding with snowshoes. The one time I went snowshoeing, it was a little crunchier, a little icier. And the snowshoes, I was like, I don't even need to be wearing these. (laughs) I could just be in my my regular like waterproof hiking boots. Um, But when when you're on on that powder, it seems like that's the time when the snowshoes are really, really good, right? And that's, it sounds like that's what you experienced. Exactly, exactly. And I will say, especially because it was snowing so hard when we were there, like it was pretty essential that you downloaded, you know, a trail map before you went out there. Because at the beginning, at a certain point, like 
there are a ton of people around, you know, it's at this ski area. So you're with a bunch of people. Not only were there other snowshoers, but a lot of people were Nordic skiing as well. And so you start out with like this mass of people and then like the trails branch off. And so at a certain point on this trail, we were the only ones around at all. And it felt like we were on another planet because these were whiteout conditions and you you couldn't see like anything around you. It was just snow. It felt crazy. <laughs> um, so that was kind of fun, a little scary, but we're glad that we could like, you know, cross check with the map on our phones, make sure we were like not on the complete edge of a cliff somewhere and staying on the trail. Also bittersweet though, with those winter conditions was that, like you could not see the view at all once we were at the top <laughs> so <laughs> we're like oh well that's unfortunate um especially because going into it i was thinking oh like i'll take this cool video like documenting my first snowshoeing trip and like show these crazy views like <laughs> i show you if i showed anyone these clips you couldn't tell if i was like you know in the backyard of someone or in like Alaska or you know whatever <laughs> you can't see anything but I will say it was still super fun really enjoyable and uh I'll recount what I said in the time that I was actually snowshoeing I was like oh this like isn't so bad like it, it's not as hard as I thought it was going to be and then the day after my legs were killing me like my hamstrings <laughs> the back of my legs like clearly did a lot of work I had that same experience. I found that like my body, like it was an easy enough motion to do. My body wasn't used to like that little bit of extra weight on the feet. Yeah. And like I, I had like blisters in the backs of my heels from like where my shoes were like <laughs> slipping down because they weren't used to the extra amount of weight. And like it was just it's, it, it's easy. People say like if you can walk, you can snowshoe. And that's true. But like it, it is definitely a, a different and kind of weird experience for your body to have. Totally, totally. Um, I would say all in all, like I, I would definitely go snowshoeing again. Um, as someone who doesn't go skiing or snowboarding because like I have a bad knee and I'm deathly afraid of like re-tearing my ACL or like doing something to mess up my knee, like this was something where I was like, okay, I can still go out and enjoy the snow. I, I love the snow, um, but I'm not as concerned about, you know, <laughs> falling to pieces, breaking apart. Well, that's the thing, right? Because once you're out there, I know it was white out conditions, right? But like, I'm sure you've, you've been the snow before, right? Once you're out in like a snowy forest, there's a certain quality of the snowy forest that's so nice and like quiet. Yes. You know? Yes. Um, and you're kind of talking about this in your, your much different snow experience with uh, your dog mushing, uh, dog sledding <laughs> time. But yeah, once you're out in that peaceful snow, there is just like kind of this calm, this complete silence other than when you're talking with your friends. And, you know, especially when there were these whiteout conditions, it was just like, huh, I'm just like in this otherworldly place. And it's really beautiful and this is all there is in front of me. <laughs> well, I know it's not what you and Cindy envisioned, but do you, walking away from it, like when you're getting back in the car, driving back to Airbnb, were you feeling like you had a good time? Were you like, did, did you think back on it fondly? Yeah, I think we had spent like the perfect amount of time. I forget exactly how long it was, but probably like just under two hours out there. And it was the perfect amount of time where we were like, okay, we felt like we 
got a little exercise in. Um, we were completely alone for enough time where, you know, it felt really nice and peaceful in nature. And um, by the end of it, we're like, all right, like, let's go get a burrito or something. We're hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, so you you finished your adventure. Was it back Mm -hmm. to the Airbnb? Was it back to Seattle? What were the next steps? Yeah, by that time, we were pretty hungry. We had another night at the Airbnb. Um, This was over Super Bowl weekend. So we planned on like watching the Super Bowl, mainly watching Rihanna perform. Uh, And (laughs) so we stopped on in between uh, Mount Baker and our Airbnb. We stopped at a place called Waken Bakery. Um, Kind of just one of the (laughs) very, very few... uh, dining options in that area i think there probably were like five tops and um we got they have like different breakfast burritos and like sandwiches and stuff but the place was really good it was also popping because it is one of the only places there so everyone was like coming in from the snow like starving and uh that place was really good so highly recommend wake and bakery uh they had a bunch of sweet treats there that i did not try that i would try next time you didn't try the sweet treats i'm shocked i know i know i know (laughs) (laughs) do i regret it yes will i be back yes (laughs) just get one to go throw a cookie in the pocket and head out you know know? i know the snow must have clouded my um so yeah there there weren't a ton of restaurants so we we kind of just had some groceries and we cooked some food at the airbnb afterwards we did go in the hot tub of course a million times yeah. uh and then the next morning we headed back to seattle and that was kind of the trip right there amazing well you've talked about a lot of these these um places you've gone to eat the bakeries but you haven't mentioned what i think is one of the highlights of going up to that part of the country which is the coffee did you have any good coffee anywhere? Yes, uh, there's a place called Joe's Fine Coffee. It was this kind Joe's of Joe's Fine you know, Coffee. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, they had like a little drive-through attached to it, and of course, it's like from the one of the only places on these like back roads where you can get coffee. And it's like, why do these people live? Like, what are they? What, what's going on? Um, but yeah, that that place is definitely worth stopping at. You know only place but also really good really tasty get caffeinated before your drive back to the city i feel like if you're in like you know that that part of the country around seattle especially if you're not serving really good coffee how do you stay in business <laughs> I, know. I just don't understand <laughs> oh, i know i know it was it was really good i even though i was like sore the next day i was like i got my coffee or i wasn't even <laughs> driving i was just in the back so it was good <laughs> Well, so I know you mentioned like, you know, maybe snowshoeing again. Do you have anything you're looking at? Any any spot in particular? Maybe you'd want to try it out? Yeah, well, this might be a spoiler for something we have planned in the in the peak Northwest video sphere. But Jamie, you know that you and I were supposed to go to Crater Lake to do some mm. snowshoeing. And that uh, is something I would love to do. In one of the past episodes, I talked about going in October to Crater Lake before there was any snow. And I experienced it on like a pretty warm day. Um, no snow in sight, just biking around Crater Lake. And so I'd love to go there 
<laughs> maybe not whiteout conditions. I would like to experience some, <laughs> a nice like sunny day with snow um, and do some snowshoeing and maybe get to like a nice vista point overlooking Crater Lake. It sounds so magical. And that's, you know, we're talking about whiteout conditions ruining a view. That happens at Crater Lake all the time. People <laughs> go snowshoeing there to see the lake. And sometimes you can't even see it, uh, even from the rim above it. Um, so I think part of snowshoeing, it has to be the, the experience, the enjoyment of that experience, um, as you, you know, um, talked about here. Totally. Totally. Do you have any other recommendations or places you've gone? Well, I mean, there's so many places on Mount Hood, of course, to go snowshoeing. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, White River is a popular spot. People snowshoe out to like Frog Lake. Um, there, there's, you know, a bunch of snow parks. I mean, really any snow park in somewhere beautiful you have a good amount of snow and some good powder is a good spot to snowshoe. So yeah. um, obviously Mount Hood's very popular, but like, you know, you go on a weekday in the wintertime, it, it's a great place to go and get that experience. Totally. Yeah, I've heard there's some really cool snowshoeing spots where obviously we are lucky to have a ton of waterfalls. So I would love to like just go snowshoeing to a beautiful waterfall and see lots of lots of snow snowshoe to a lake to a waterfall to a viewpoint that's such a good way to get out in the winter time like you said vicky without going downhill really fast <laughs> exactly yes um another great thing about snowshoeing i will add is that uh, the trail we did was super dog friendly and there are a bunch of dogs in their snow gear and their snow boots some with jackets some oh with goggles God. and they were having the time <laughs> of their life so i will definitely uh use that as an opportunity to take stella somewhere um just need to get her some boots and she is good to go for uh, snowshoeing with me. I can't wait to see those pictures of Stella <laughs> in snow gear on the trail. Oh my gosh. Well, that will wrap things up for today. But folks, until next time, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel and view all of our outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com travel, as well as hereisoregon.com. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. And if you want to support this podcast as well as our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details at OregonLive.com slash pod support. Also, if you're a fan of the show and you are interested in potentially sponsoring it, you can get in touch with our marketing people at advertise at Oregonian.com. This episode of the show was produced by me, Vicki Connor, alongside Jamie Hale, Andrew Thien, and Elena Neal Sachs. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen. <laughs>